This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. You are listening to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Breezy. And I'm your other host, Ray Ray. And this is episode 34. And I feel like this should be a lucky number 34 because we have uh, the best guest that we could possibly ask for for this episode. (laughs) We have the one and only Carly Zucker. Yes, she is, if you're not familiar with her, she is the first wife of NHL star player, uh, Jason Zucker. She's hilarious. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's talented. I mean, you are going to love hearing everything she has to say. Uh, about her experience being married to a professional hockey player. Yeah, we cover all the bases, pun intended, um, on her life and being a hockey wife, being uh, a radio host. Um, She does, you know, give us some stories about Jason. Uh, She also uh, gives us... uh, I don't know, she gave us so much and we laughed, we became instant friends and it was so much fun to talk to her and um, we're excited for you to hear it. Yeah, you and her have a club together with jackets. I we refuse, do. I refuse to participate. <laughs> That's okay. Why. That's okay. My aunt makes a very bold appearance She does. So you'll hear a very interesting interruption about a quarter of the way into the interview. And if you, I I feel like even if you've never watched one of our uh, episodes on YouTube, you never have to watch any of our episodes on YouTube, but you should watch this one because you can see it go down. And that's all I'm going to say. You can't spill the beans on anything else. So no, no. Why don't we uh, get to our two segments? Shut the front door. Here is what I am needing to shut the front door on, is that body checking in the Ontario Hockey League has been banned for the upcoming season to, quote, prevent the spread of COVID-19. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it has nothing to do with COVID-19. They're trying to ban hitting, fighting, and all this shit in hockey. No, 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 no. How are they supposed to play hockey without body checking? That is like something that happens every two seconds on the ice. What, are they going to get a penalty? You're going to get two minutes? The whole fucking game is going to be penalties how do you call body checking? How do you ban that? 
I don't even understand. Like this is a physical contact sport. How is that supposed to happen? Explain this. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how you can make <laughs> this call. And then, and then on top of it, this is going to screw the players for when they get out of this league and try to go play. Now you want to unlearn and unteach everything these players have already learned and practiced their entire fucking life. You're going to make them stop doing this. But then what happens in a year from now, let's say somebody gets drafted to the NHL. Well, they've just spent an entire season not body checking and then they're going to get their ass handed to them into the boards as soon as they get in, into another league. This is dumb. I don't agree with this. I don't support this. If you're afraid of COVID-19, don't play a season then. If that is your fear, don't play. But don't blame the virus for wanting to change the game of hockey. That's it. Mic drop. In my case, it's a pin drop. But still. <laughs> that is what I am shutting the front door on. You know, I got to agree with you. I think it's uh, pretty bogus. I think that there are some players that that is their sole role is to body check. I think that there are more ways that you could get COVID that does, regardless if you're body checking or not. I mean, there's maybe someone wants to freaking Brad Marsh on someone and like someone in the face. Who knows? Um but the only thing I could say is maybe, just maybe, because players in the NHL are, um, I'm going to say more professional, just because at this point they are more professional along in their career. They know how to maybe body check properly mm-hmm. um, or do things at a level where it's more safe than the OHL level. So maybe they're trying to prevent injuries along with covid on a level of they don't maybe know how to do it as proper as someone in the nhl level but then i feel like i'm just making excuses for them which i don't want to do but that's the only logical reason that i could make out of it but it's still not very logical well then you know what teach them how to properly body fucking check and let them check correctly and if they don't then give them two minutes in the box coming from miss cop check herself yeah but you can't blame the virus i (laughs) i They played, I think the virus, like, the virus is a scapegoat. It's exactly. a scapegoat for everything now. Because yeah. here's the thing. We did an entire bubble playoff hockey with body checking and nobody got the virus. So figure your shit out, figure out a different rule. I, I guarantee you we're going to have more cases of the virus in the OHL. Not that I'm wishing the virus on anybody, but I guarantee you body checking is not the solution to not getting the virus, not playing hockey. If you're not going to bubble or put in some kind of restrictions to keep people safe, isn't going to like, it's not going to, it's not going to matter. It doesn't, that's not the reason why people are getting the virus. I'm not a scientist um, or a doctor, but I just, it just disgusts me. This le- yeah. I'm disgusted. Just disgusted. You're just disgusted. Don't mess with hockey. Don't mess with my sport. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Body checking is fine. Leave it alone. Breezy's a barbecue pit. I have some friends coming over today. My pork belly burnt ins are an absolute hit with everybody. 
they just fall apart in your mouth and they are delicious. So I am making pork belly burnt ends with a, a seasoning called eruption based off of my, uh, one of my favorite new Instagram chefs. His name is Sasquatch Barbecue. Guys, so funny, so good. He does all his cooking outdoors. He came up with his own seasonings from my favorite seasoning spot called Spiceology. It is smoky. It is savory. A little bit of sweetness. It's delicious. You add some honey on top of it with some barbecue sauce and you get sticky and ooey and gooey. And it's basically barbecue candy. Yummy. And that's, that's what, what we're doing. That's what you're cooking up, huh? Yeah. And then I also had a request to do more bacon wrapped Oreos, but I didn't want to do Oreos. So I'm doing bacon wrapped Nutter Butters because that sounds bomb. <gasps> I would love that. I love Nutter Butters more than Oreos. Fun fact. My nickname is Nutter Butter. <laughs> why? Because people call me nut. I don't know why. They would say, hey, nut, but they call me the nut, you know. Beanut. I just kind of grew up with the name Beanut, and then they shortened it to Nut. And then my sister calls me Nutter Butter because I love peanut butter. I don't know. You don't. No one needs to call me Nutter Butter because that's just kind of weird. But I don't know why that. I don't know why I just admitted that. It's kind of embarrassing. But whatever. <laughs> no, it's not Nutter Butter. It's fine. Oh Jesus. See, it sounds weird. It sounds weird. It sounds. Weird. It does sound weird. Anyway, <laughs> but bacon wrapped Nutter Butters. Sounds bomb. I'm going to do it. I'll take some photos. Maybe we could share it um, later this week. Just another big thank you to Carly Zucker for uh, taking the time to join us here on the House of Hockey and enjoy the episode. Share it with all your friends. Uh, show, go show Carly some love. She's, uh, she's badass. She is. And if you can go support uh, their uh, Give 16, it is a fantastic uh, thing that they're doing. She describes uh, in a, a lot of detail how it started, uh, what it's, what they're doing, everything that they've been able to accomplish. And um, it's yeah, really cool. Probably. And I don't, yeah, and I don't think she was able to, if I remember correctly, I don't think she was able to give out their handle. So I'm letting you know now, go check out Give16. Um, it's it's an incredible thing that they're doing. Our podcast is proud to be on the Hockey Podcast Network. And the network is home to many other incredible podcasts, including this one. Hello, hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. A team in the playoffs or in the play-in round won the first overall pick, and I wanted to throw my phone clear across this plane. <laughs> Nope, nope, it, he will. Yeah, see, there's your he hot will. take, got it. We're That's in. my hot take. <laughs> he will be a Hockey Hall of Famer, if not possibly first ballot Hall of Famer. That was just awful officiating, and who who was this this scrub that was officiating? Let me let me look it up real quick. Mark Rashi, <laughs> something like that? Oh, oh, Recky. I just, I just wanted to see him booming it from blue line to blue line, being the lines. That's all I wanted to see. 
very few general managers have those type of players, let alone three players that you can easily say, if I don't trade them, my team will be better. So all I have to do is not make a move. And I get that's a foreign concept for Jim Rutherford, but you just don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You don't do that. <laughs> New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. And let's go Pens! This week's guest you may have heard on KFAN FM 100.3, the sports leader in Minneapolis, St. Paul. You may follow her on social media. She's very popular there. Or you might have seen her at XL Energy Center cheering on her husband. Welcome to the House of Hockey, Carly Zucker. Hi, you nailed it. Good. I told you, it's hooker like hooker. You got it. It's like hooker, hooker, hooker. Good, and then you I got was it. Like, but it's not hooker. Like it's hardly not- hooker. That's not it. That's not it. That's <laughs> not it. So for those of you who may not know, Carly is married to Jason and he is uh, in the NHL. He's uh, formerly a member, longtime member of the Minnesota Wild, and he is now a Pittsburgh Penguin. Mm-hmm. So how is this all going? How like, are, are, where are you? Are you still in Minnesota? Are you keeping that life? Going to do a little bit of both during whenever this regular season starts or? Yeah. I'm, Pittsburgh will definitely become home during the season for sure. Um, we obviously want to be there, want to be around the team, the extended family of the team. I think that's really important. So we'll spend as much time. Jason will spend hundred percent of his time during the season, but Uh, Myself and the kids will try to spend a majority of the season there as well. But we do have a 10 year old who is in fifth grade. And so, and she has a ton of activities here. So we also want to make sure that she has a kind of a quote unquote, like normal life and that we're not bouncing her around. It's a little harder when they're older. So we'll be in Minnesota. I mean, we love Minnesota. I grew up here. So that will also be home. So yeah, we'll kind of bounce around, but I mean, we love both places. We couldn't have landed in a better place than Pittsburgh. Oh, for sure. Everything we've heard about Pittsburgh is like, it's all very family oriented and everything like that. So welcoming city, welcoming to fans, that whole sort of vibe. Yeah, it was. Oh my gosh. Right when we got traded, when the first time I arrived, everybody from, from the people that were greeting me, like when I got to the hotel to see Jason, cause he was living in a hotel at the time, were fabulous. They were so kind. Um, fans were incredible. <laughs> in Minnesota, I don't know if you know much about our sports, but we have not won a championship in a very, very long time, like record setting amount of time that we haven't won championships. So we're all a little jaded here and we all are very pessimistic when it comes to sports. Pittsburgh isn't that way because they have some championships under their belt. So you go there and they're just all happy. And they're all optimistic. Like any year could be our year. I'm like, this is so refreshing and wonderful. So that was a really easy transition. And the people were great. Fans are awesome there. And the team is phenomenal. The organization is great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, go ahead, Breezy. What were you going to say? I was just going to say, what were the emotions? I mean, you guys, you are from Minnesota. Jason's been there for so long. What kind of emotions did you and the family have finding out that he was traded to the penguins well it it was weird a little bit because we had been here for a lot longer than i even thought at the time jason had played i believe eight seasons here it was in his eighth season 
I had been around for six of those. Um, and so, and a lot of us had been it, it, there together in the organization for a really long time. So a lot of us were, were very, very close, especially the wives or girlfriends. Um, that piece of it was hard, but I laugh a little bit because the Pittsburgh media, I read, there was an article that was sent to me that was like, not everybody's happy. He's been traded. Like Carly is so mad because her job is there and her daughter's there and she can't move. And it was completely the opposite. Like in this job, as many jobs are, you have to embrace that change. And we always said from the moment we were together, like, we'll figure it out. You could be in a way worse situation. Like, you know, they, they make it very accommodating to go to a new city and it's, being in any NHL organization isn't a horrible thing. So we never looked at it as this really tough, like horrible situation to be traded. It was a new opportunity. And they had talked about Jason being traded for years. I mean, it was constantly brought up and he was always the one on the trading block from the moment I met him. And so it was something we had always talked about. I had always just hoped we'd get to an established relationship before he was traded, if that makes sense. Because I couldn't, with having Sophia, who's now 10, was four at the time, I couldn't just pick her up and move her anywhere. So I was kind of, in my head, I was really hopeful that I'd get the years to establish a relationship with him. We did. It was wonderful. So when the Pittsburgh trade happened, it was sad to leave your friends in the organization because you don't really even get to say goodbye to the people who work in the organization that you see at every game. That was a hard situation, but really the trade itself is is never, it shouldn't be a negative thing. We tried to look at it as a great fresh start. Right. I mean, I feel like, I, I, I see your point definitely. I think that's like a, the best way to look at it. I think a lot of fans think it's like the end of the world when players get traded, at least for themselves. And um, I think, I mean, even my, when I think about it, I'm like, gosh, I feel like the family probably feels devastated after like kind of an uproot, but it's good to hear that you guys were able or are able to, to kind of make both ends work and um, to kind of hear that everyone else kind of does the same thing. So that's super refreshing. I always think too, it gives you another team to cheer for. Like if you get attached mm -hmm. to a player, we've had a lot of friends who are like, okay, now I'm kind of a Pittsburgh fan. So it's like, yes. now your chances <laughs> of winning a championship are increasing. Like I'll always be a Minnesota fan from growing up here. So I have two teams to cheer for if I, it's good to have, yeah. Increase your good. odds for championship. So I'm like, Jason, maybe get traded like 10 more times. <laughs> and at some point we'll have somebody to cheer for. So that's why I'm looking at it. I think that's it's what, a, that's what breezy does. Cause she's yeah. a fan of three teams. I'm only a fan of one because I'm not allowed being a sh from Chicago. Like you're only allowed oh, your Blackhawks. Yeah. Like that's it. Okay, that's my daughter's like arch nemesis team. She has something against the Blackhawks. I don't even know really where she got it. Why? Like, who put, who yeah. put false <laughs> thoughts in her mind? Sophia is very against the Blackhawks. I will tell you that. But well, her and I will have to we'll have to chat, and I'll I will change her mind about yeah, this. You can influence her. Yeah, Breezy, what are your yeah. teams? Uh, well, I grew up in L.A., so an L.A. fan. Nashville is my favorite city. My favorite player plays for Nashville. Um, I grew up a Toronto Maple Leafs fan as well. But recently, my favorite king was traded to the Vancouver Canucks, and then they did really well this past season. So, like, I was like, wow, I guess I'm a Canucks fan. And then he just got traded to the Canadians, and now I'm like, oh, God, this is too Look much. Look at how many teams. See, you're on the plan. You're on the yeah. multiple team, like, support plan. Right, Exactly. We can start a group. 
We should, yeah, we should. We should get jackets. Yes. <laughs> those cool denim jackets that the girls wear. We'll get those. Yeah. Yeah. And just have like every team logo. Just that we're fun. <laughs> yeah. Keep adding patches. Like, yeah. like a Girl Scout or something. Yeah. I'll be alone on an island. That'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. So then what is like, what would you say from your perspective, being a wife of an NHL player, what is like one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about like the the wives and the girlfriends in in that space? There's these TV shows like the NBA wives or wags and like all of that. And I, I don't know that that's really an accurate reflection of what it's really like. And I really hope it's different in the NHL because <laughs> I just think everybody in the NHL is a little more relaxed, but well, I, mean, I would love to hear you. <laughs> I like showed up today. I mean, I can't speak for every, obviously for every league or every woman or ever it does. I mean, to each their own, but I would say those are, those shows are way more glamorous than life is like 90% of our lives is like yoga pants, cleaning, like dishes or, you know, I mean, it's just normal stuff. Like day to day is really, really normal. It's really fun to go to games. Like games are great. You get to kind of, we get to like dress up a little bit and, take the kids and I don't have to cook dinner because they usually have food. And I'm like, this is the best night ever. <laughs> so, I'm like mama gets wine. So, I mean, like, that's awesome. But it, I mean, it's definitely, it to me is never as glamorous as it is on the shows. I don't think, but I do know that the NBA and the NFL are totally different worlds too. So, I mean, I can only speak to the NHL, but we're deaf. I feel like it's very down to earth. The girls what I think a misconception is too, is that there's that the girls themselves don't have a lot going on or that they don't have their own interests, their own education, their own jobs. Like, so, I mean, when you're, when you're in media, it's like people know, okay, Carly's working, but a lot of the women that I know maybe don't have a public job, have degrees, have great educations are maybe if they're stay-at-home moms, they are incredible at that role. So, I mean, it, to me, it seems like there's this idea that everything is very glamorous it's really easy like that you know they I don't know whatever it is but they spend the whole day at the spa I don't know but they're everything is super <laughs> super normal I think the life would be like way more boring than anybody would ever think so maybe it's boring like the misconception is that it's really glamorous and fun and then like day-to-day -day is probably way more boring than anyone would think which is fine definitely I, I i mean why not boring is good <laughs> boring is good i mean it's nice to be able to have kind of that that separation because i feel like you probably could make it somewhat glamorous if you go on like road games and maybe if you get to travel with the team but being able to kind of not like humble i guess humble is the the wrong word but maybe the right word where it's just like no this is this is just who we are this is just it yeah and i mean with road game we hardly ever traveled when i was in the wild organization with the team. I think I only went on two road trips, but we had 42 kids on the team among all the players. So if we went on the road trips, it was not to watch the games. It was mostly like nap time. It was like, we all get to sleep. Did we even make it to the game? If they didn't, they were probably sleeping. So yeah, so I mean, not also not very glamorous, but it was like, yeah. we're just gonna sleep while we're on the road. Yeah. You know what'd be cool though, is if, you know how every team does like a dad's trip or a mom's trip. Like if they did a wives trip and you guys just got to go ham, I feel like that'd be so much fun. 
from your lips to the GM ears, my friend. Let's <laughs> let's do it. We would love that. I, I don't think it'd just be so much fun. They probably we always get called a distraction, and oh. so they're probably like, if they come, they're gonna be a distraction. I'm like, we're a distraction like, the time, no matter what. <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna be at the bar down the street. Are you kidding me? Or napping. I'll be busy. Yeah. If he's distracted, that's on him. I have plans. Yeah. <laughs> Breezy's meeting me in LA. Like I'm busy. Yeah, you're, you're in a club. Exactly. Your guys are in a club. You have a club meeting. <laughs> we have jackets made already. <laughs> I'm bringing the jacket, so I'm busy. Don't worry about me. I'm not a distraction. Oh my god! How did you oh, feel yeah. about that comment? The distraction comment. I mean, you sort of just said it, but. It- I, you hear it a lot. I got it a lot. Yeah. Um, well, women I, get that like all the time. Oh, right. Whether you're like an athlete's wife or, or not, I think just that's something that like a partner or women get a lot of times that you're going to be a negative distraction where I feel like for Jason and I, we try to look at each other as like a real positive. Like I, he makes me a more motivated, better person. That's how it, that's how you hope it will be. And I mean, everything obviously isn't perfect all the time, but you hope to find a partner who elevates you and who motivates you. And I feel that way about Jason. And I really hope he feels the same way about me that instead of being this negative distraction, you hope you find a partner who really helps you reach the next level of success, whatever that looks like. And so I have never thought that either of us is a distraction to the other. We try to compliment each other when season is off. He really dedicates like time to let me focus on my career. And that's super important. And then when he's in season, that's the priority. And so I feel like we've found a really good balance, but we also motivate each other. So, yeah. So, I mean, the distraction thing, it's silly. I mean, like you said, women are just kind of always look like that because I think like, we have boobs. Oh my God. <laughs> they're gonna, oh, my God. Like, oh my gosh. They're going to distract a guy. Watch out. I mean, isn't it, I think you could even make the argument that it would have been more beneficial even to have like, based on what you just said with the support, like to not like, maybe let's just talk about like the bubble life, like not having these support systems that maybe players and people are just used to regardless when you take away whatever that support system is a wife a girlfriend a parents family that could be seen as a negative you know like not like that could be worse i'm trying to say than opposed to like a distraction it could really maybe have helped some people you know right and i think Corey perry was a great example of that in dallas because when the playoffs were happening and his wife arrived in to watch the playoffs he excelled and had some of his best games and was scoring like crazy. And so you, the thing, they don't correlate. And so like someone should do a study on that. Are women truly distractions, like scientific discovery on that. Someone should invest, but I think it's an easy out. Honestly, I think it's just an easy scapegoat for someone to go to and say like, okay, well we're playing bad. Oh, they must be distracted. (laughs) Hide the boobs. The men are distracted. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Grow up. Yeah. Focus on your job, boys. I have to say, you you and Jason from 
what I have read and watched <laughs> on your social media when you drag him on there to like answer questions on Insta. And even when I was interviewing him at the NHL awards in 2019, you were so fucking funny. You <laughs> like, I was like, I love her. I need to be friends with her. She's hysterical. They're like bantering with each other. <laughs> Do you have any other fun, fun fan stories that you want to share? Anything super uh, weird or yeah, strange? I don't, know. I don't know. None I can think of off the top of my head. But people aren't ringing your doorbell. No, no. Typically, I Minnesota. Fun telephone story. Come, you can tell a fun story. Come tell a fun story. You can tell a fun story. You tell a fun story. Ooh, you're going to get yeah. it later for that. Um, yeah, geez. Well, she always yells at me. And Just registered she... my hotel room. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> See, that was fun. We got it. We got it. That was the fun moment. We're good. Hopefully people know yeah. that that was fun. Yeah. But, you know, you never know. Yeah. Um, I just think that's, that's so refreshing. I really think it's like what tv sitcoms today are trying to emulate but like you guys live the funny in real life <laughs> like do you have you guys been bantering about anything lately like jason would be telling you right now like don't encourage her don't encourage her don't encourage her. <laughs> that's what if my mom la my mom's over a lot she's like if she laughs at anything my dad or my jason's like don't encourage her don't encourage her but um so that's what he would yeah that's what he would be saying right now uh, I mean, we constantly are, we, we laugh a lot. And I, I mean, in any relationship with our kids, with like my sibling, I mean, like humor is just a really big part of our lives. And I think that that helps when things get really tough and you can laugh about things and things are, get tough when it's whether, I mean, no matter what your job is, it doesn't matter how much you're paid, things can be really tough. And so I think you have to find a way to find humor in things and enjoy it. And I also think I, I'm a big believer too. Like you're given this one, I know it sounds silly, but like you're given this one life. And if you're not enjoying it, you're just wasting like such a huge opportunity. So we just, I mean, we laugh a lot. He's secretly funny. Like he does not seem funny, but he's secretly funny. I don't remember what it was. I think it was, you did something and you were like interviewing him and you're like, why is it that you act like you've never scored a goal before? Like you just go balls to the wall. And he's like, it's fun. That was it. Just it's fun. I, the NBA or so NHL network asked if I would interview him for a show they were doing called skates out. And, right, yeah. and of course I was like, yes, I would love that opportunity <laughs> to interview him in a formal setting. Cause that would be hysterical. <laughs> and I, all of them, all of them celebrate their goals, no matter if they have 500 goals in the league or the first goal. And like when you score in the NHL, yeah. they celebrate as if it is the greatest moment in the history. I mean, we had, our, we had two children together and he was more <laughs> stoic than his like 100th goal in the league. And so I think it's hysterical. And yeah, I mean, he just is like, it's so great to score. A goal. He hugs his teammates deeply and their emotional <laughs> moments on the ice are more than I ever see. Like I told him, I thought he would be super excited when we're having a boy. Of course, like stereotypical. I was like, he's going to be so excited we're having a boy. Yay. Like my womb made a boy. Great. Like, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> Success. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to surprise him. Get some shoes. He loves shoes. So I was like, I'll get little boy shoes and I'll give him to him and he's gonna cry and be joyous and so I get my camera out and I'm like right in his face I'm like like show me the emotion I'm like cute on cue I'm like lights camera like 
show me the emotion. And he was like, oh, cool. I'm like, um, I'm like, let's try this again. Light, camera, more emotion. And he was, he's so stoic. But then when he scores a goal, it's as if he had triplets and they all <laughs> the NHL together and were drafted over number one, two, and three overall. It's unbelievable. And so, so yeah, funny. I just about him for that. So yeah, so I get to have a lot of fun with him. Oh, and he's, he's, he's a really good sport because I'm really hard on him on the radio, on Twitter, everywhere. <laughs> okay, you have to explain to everybody why, if they follow you on social media and don't know the backstory, why you say his first wife, like you're his oh. first wife. Just, just, I think it's hilarious. But. Yeah, so I am six years, six-ish years older than Jason. And so when we met, he was 22 and I was 28 and I had a four-year-old. So to me, it was never going to happen. I was like, this isn't happening. I always thought I'd end up with someone older and like distinguished. And he probably has like other children and we're going to live this beautiful life. And then I met a 22-year-old professional athlete who was up and down from the AHL to the NHL, no stability. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I can't love him. I was like, this is not my future. I was like, I, I was going to marry like a 60-year-old. I was like, this isn't it. This isn't it. And so it totally threw me. And he was the greatest human I still, to this day, have ever met. Like everything about him, the only fault he has is that he is too perfect. And I say that in all honesty, that he is the greatest human. And so I laughed. I was like, I'm just, I always tease him. Like, wait till you, you know, like I'm going to be in, he's going to put me in an assisted living facility. He's going to marry someone who's 23 and like, he's fresh out of college. I'm like, your next life is going to be so great. She won't nag you. Like you're going to golf anytime you want. (laughs) Like like, your next life is going to be great. So I tease him about that all the time. And it really started just because of our age gap. And I just always tease him about that. And that, he, but he's de- he acts way older than I do. He's definitely more mature. Like, he would be a way better interview because he would keep it together. No, um, you're so fun. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> She's like crawling on the floor. <laughs> That's my aunt. What are you doing? She's That's my aunt. What are you doing? I'm getting more wine. She needs more wine. (laughs) But I love her. Yep, Breezy. Yep, this is Breezy and Carly. Come say hi. Oh, no. Hello to me, please. Wait a minute. I'm on the floor. She's all on the floor. She took her makeup off and she doesn't like to. Well, you know, you just. I like your nails. And you have an empty glass of wine. I know. I gotta fill that up. That is tragic. I know it's very tragic. Yeah, definitely don't worry about being on camera. Like, <laughs> you need to do that. That's important. I have my pants on. <laughs> she does that. It's okay. That's fine. Okay. We don't see anything. You can't see your pants, I don't okay, think. Okay, good. I was crawling on the floor. Like, we're all cool. Like, we don't, it's, hey. Okay. Well, I was okay. crawling on the floor, so you wouldn't see me. I'm wearing camo pants, so I'm not wearing pants either. You're good. Yeah, yeah, we okay, can't even good. see her. Yeah, Breezy's pants are just, she doesn't even, we don't even know if she has pants on. They're camo. Breezy, do you have pants on? They're camo. I don't know. They're camo, they're invisible. Oh, they're yeah. invisible. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm going to get wine. My guys are so cute. Go ahead. Is this good. the most ridiculous interview you've ever done, Carly? <laughs> this is the greatest interview I've ever done. 
I love but that. It's real life. It's I don't know. I don't know what else to, say. to get to the <laughs> Yeah. If this doesn't make the interview. I'm gonna I'm not even gonna promote it. I'm gonna be like, what I didn't do that. Like that I was will leave this in because yeah, that has to be left in. My aunt is you know down here getting okay, I'm oh, there she is. upstairs. Oh, wait, that is Look. a good pour. Oh it's my god. Cool. You it's have just you're you've inspired me. I'm gonna put away my kombucha and I'm going to get wine after this. <laughs> good girl. Good yeah. girl. Bye bye. Bye, sweetie. <laughs> Can I see my book? I think so, yeah, but I'm trying to block you. That's okay. <laughs> I love her. I love her too. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. That was amazing. So I'm like, oh, what man. the fuck? I see if like there's a, something on the floor. I mean, there's like, I thought it was the dog. I was going to ignore know. it. I'm like, okay, it's your show. Like, I won't call it out. Maybe this happens every <laughs> show. Maybe someone like army crawls across the floor just because like they need oh. to to the room I don't know I wasn't gonna it was, I wasn't gonna bring it up no I'm visiting my aunt she lives here in Maine because of the pandemic and everything I got out of LA and so I'm here with her and like you know we can work wherever she's amazing baby Jesus did not just, did not think that was how today was gonna go but nothing I just was, made my day <laughs> was epic. I know Oh my god, I love it. Oh, she's a hoot. She's got a whole other story. Um, that's a story for another day. She was a Playboy model. She was Spider yeah. Woman. Like, yeah, back she was in the, Spider like, Woman. Yeah, she traveled the country as Spider Woman, and like was a mime. She was a model, like the works. Yeah, she lived at the mansion for like three years. Oh, um, so she's just she's like this is child's play. Crawling across the floor to get wine was. <laughs> nothing I was just like a Monday at the Playboy Mansion <laughs> exactly <laughs> so true story anyway I don't even remember what we were talking I love about this I don't either that was I don't. <laughs> let's like, that was, <laughs> let's keep it on the fun track and we talk are you railing but that's fine let's <laughs> talk about Halloween and okay okay I have so many okay first of all I have a lot of questions about this. Why are hockey players so synonymous with Halloween? And then two, what are the Halloween parties really like? And, and the, like the best costumes you've ever seen. This is my favorite time of year, looking at social media and seeing what all the hockey players costumes are because they're epic. And she was so concerned last week when we talked to us. Are they gonna do Halloween? Please tell me it's not canceled. And I was like, I'm pretty sure they're gonna do something. <laughs> Nobody, no, I mean, well, there, we don't have any team stuff this year, obviously, because none of us are really together, but the team Halloween parties are always like the most fun, like team parties are just a blast because it's just you guys, like, you don't have to worry, you're not going out somewhere. You typically either at someone's house or you're renting a private space. So you're really just with each other. And so it feels like you can be, a, the guys can be a little bit more free and they don't have to worry about how they're coming off. And um, and I think that that's part of it. And I, I don't know where it started that like the costumes yeah. got so elaborate and everybody, but it, it's that competitive nature though too. Like the guys are like, okay, who can come up with the best costume? Like, so, I mean, I've seen a couple of really good ones. Um, Palmonville's, do you remember Jason Palmonville? Played yeah. for Buffalo. He played here. Played for Buffalo. Also played or Minnesota, and then played in Buffalo. Um, they would dress up as an old couple, but not just like 
simple. They would come in looking like they came out of a nursing home. It was to a T. Like if you would have seen them on the street, they could have passed for a 70 year old couple, probably old 80 year old couple. And they would stay in character the whole night. And that was the great, that's the great thing about um, the, the parties is that a lot of people will stay in character the whole night. And so yes. it's hysterical. Like Jason and I did the, um, the, what are the, the brothers, the, why can't I can't remember the name, um, from the hockey movie, Slapshot. Oh, the Hanson brothers. The Hanson brothers, thank you. So we were the Hanson brothers, but we brought a blow up doll as our third brother. <laughs> we in character the whole night with the blow up doll. And I mean, it's hysterical, it's so much fun. And then the Parisies are secretly, they're very private, obviously. And I mean, not to spill their dirt, but they're so good at Halloween. Like, <laughs> Alicia yes. is one of the funniest people ever. And they were bathroom attendants one year and they stayed in character outside the bathrooms the entire night. So they sat at a table outside of the bathrooms in the club we were at that we had rented and they were doing like the mints, the towels. (laughs) They were bathroom attendants the entire night, which is so brilliant. And so, I mean, that's the type of thing that makes it so fun is that a lot of people will do something but stay in character. And so that's the brilliance of it. And they are, as much fun as you would think. They're so much fun and everybody has a blast and it's just a good time. It's so funny. And yeah, it's the competitive nature, I think. What what did you guys do? What did you dress up as last year? Was it the slap shot? I want to say last year, I think was the slap shot. The year we did, one year I was pregnant. You guys, I don't know, you might be too young for this, but do you remember high, do you remember um, the Kool-Aid man? Mm-hmm. And you would like break through the bricks. Yeah. So I was the Kool-Aid man because I had the stomach and then Jason was like the wall. And so all night <laughs> was doing like the, like through the, through the brick, through him. And then our, and then Sophia held a sign. We took a picture and she held a sign. And she was like, what's Kool-Aid? Because nobody buys Kool-Aid anymore. So, um, I, so I was like, it was really funny. Though. But yeah, so stuff like that. So we've oh done those God. two things. I can't remember what else we've done. But, I love it. I, yeah. I love it. I love Halloween. I love seeing the costumes. I love being in character when I do get to dress up. Like I stay in character. One year I went long time ago when Paris Hilton got arrested oh and I wore, I didn't have, I had brown hair. So I wore like a bleach blonde wig and a jailbird outfit. And I put Hilt, you know, Paris Hilton on the back. And I met these, this group of people. I had a little stuffed dog, like she had the chihuahua. <laughs> and I was like, free Paris. Like I'm Paris. I stayed in character all night. And I met a bunch of people I had never met before. I saw them like a couple of weeks later with Sans wig. And I was like, hey, it's so great to see you. And they were like, I'm sorry, have we met? I'm like, free Paris. So they were like, oh, that's you. Yeah. There's something a little freeing about just being in character. And like, you can just lean on that for some fun and I don't yeah. We, yeah it's it's a blast I'm gonna miss it this year but we did we did a family thing this year so it's kind of fun good yeah now is that what you were okay you just posted that you did some photo shoot about a league of their own and that your grandmother was actually a member of the all-american girls professional baseball league mm-hmm. okay so that's my- the incredible 
Are you kidding me? That's so it gets cool. Even, it gets even cooler. So her catch, she was a catcher and a league of their own based Dottie's career <gasps> off of the ground. So their catching career aligns. There was a real Dottie who has, a, who has so they kind of like meshed a few stories, but her catching career, and you know how she leaves at the end of the, at the end of that season for family, that my grandma did the same thing. So they kept all that story aligned and then Dottie had a sister, so they brought that in. And so super cool. Yeah, so we grew up like knowing all about this and she went to Cooperstown when they opened it and did that big reveal and my dad went with her, her so it's my dad's mom. And so she passed away in 2007 or eight. And she was incredible. She was a better bowler and basketball player than she was a baseball player. And she was like a phenomenal baseball player. So she would consistently bowl like 300 spurred in bowling. And she was, so, she's amazing. She was such an athlete. She was incredible. Yeah, she's she, there's a lot of story behind her, but that would be a totally different podcast. But yeah, she's really cool. We're really proud of her. And I want my kids. My kids never got to meet her. So it was really special for us to like tell that story and watch the movie and have them go out and do the shoot. So, yeah, so I got them all costumes and we went out to a baseball field in Minnesota. And I had one of my friends who's a phenomenal photographer. He took pictures and it was really special. That is so cool. I was like, I tried to put the costume on you guys and it wouldn't button over my boobs. So I was like, either this league is going to be a really inappropriate league with my children. <laughs> we're not doing that. It's going to be like a different kind. Co- and the sh- skirt was so short. I was like, what kind of costume is this for ladies? And I was like, this is definitely like a league of their own, like strip club style. Hooker so style. I was not wearing that. Hooker style, yeah. <laughs> I told Jason, I was like, you're going to be the adult in the photos. You get to be the coach. I'm not in this. And so I got, got to just hang out, which was really fun. You would have been like all the way May when she was like, I could quote that whole movie where she was like, but what happens if my bosoms just come flying out? Like that, that was you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, family photos. A nipple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I would I venture to say that maybe that is what they call a distraction. Yes, that. Good call. <laughs> That's the distraction. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. The, the one and only time. Oh my God, that's so funny. Or an ant crawling half naked on the floor is also a dis- <laughs> I giant feel, distraction. I can't she has inspired me. I'm having a glass of wine. Before. Oh my God, you should. Um, <laughs> did you even like grow up liking hockey? Um, I mean, I know you're from Minnesota and everything. That's like normal, yeah. but. Yeah, my brother played. So my brother and Jason, super, super close. And my brother played. So I was, of course, from and high school hockey is really big here. So I was a, very familiar with it because of that. And St. Cloud State was a, is a school in St. Cloud. And we would go watch some of those games. So I was very familiar with it, but. When I met Jason, I was doing more with um, like the Timberwolves, the NBA team. I was doing snowcross racing. So I was doing a lot of extreme sport coverage. So I wasn't familiar. With, I was very, I knew the bigger names, you know, I knew Preezy and Suter had come back and signed, you know, you know, big deals. And so I knew those older names and the bigger stars on the team. But when I met, actually, when I met Jason, he had been injured. So he, when I met him out with a bunch of his friends, they said, oh, he plays for the wild, but the wild was playing on a TV in the bar. So we're like, 
that's a lie. Like, <laughs> that we just caught you guys lying because they're on the road playing away and he's here. So that doesn't make any sense. So we were like laughing at them behind their backs that they had said he was playing, he was a player and whatever. So I really wasn't familiar with, especially anybody that was new to the team. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I definitely had a familiarity with hockey and just kind of knowing sports in general. My dad is big into, you know, Minnesota sports growing up. Um, but I didn't know as much as I do now. And how do you feel about it now? Like, do you love it? Or is it sort of like a different feel? Because like, you know, we're fans and like, it's different because we don't have somebody in our life who's playing. So we're not, you know, it's, is it a little bit different or do you, how do you feel about it now? It's a, it's a little strange because I'm still in the media world. So right. when I'm on the radio, I sometimes know information that I can't say. So if there's an injury on the team, typically a wife has told me what that injury is, but I wouldn't, I mean, I keep all of that very confidential. Even if they don't tell me to, I inherently know being a part of the organization that that's not something they divulge, you know, it's upper or lower body injury. Like they never tell you what the injury is. So there's things that I go in and I'm listening on the radio where like they talk about, Oh, this person has an upper body injury. And I'm like, I know exactly <laughs> when they're having surgery. I know exactly what the injury is. I know how long they're out, but I can't say any of that information because I just wouldn't. And obviously for Jason's sake, I mean, it's, there's just yeah. confidentiality and I just never know, but I've never signed it. I don't have to sign anything, but I just know that I would never cross that line. Um, so there's a bit of that overlap, like the professional and the personal, where I have a lot of information that would be breaking news information and that I would never, ever say. So there's a bit of that overlap. So, I mean, now I try, I tread lightly sometimes. <laughs> there's been a couple tweets where I got a little bit of trouble, but <laughs> nothing about anybody like personally with an injury or anything like that's a line I would never cross with someone. So that's kind of where I stand now. It's a little hard. I, they don't ever look to me to be a professional in hockey. They'll ask me a couple questions, maybe if it's about us mm -hmm. and Pittsburgh or things like that, but they never look to me to be a resource because they know I can't cross that line. No, no. I, yeah, that's not, no, no, no. That's gotta be hard too. to like, yeah. or like even what goalies playing that night. Like I will know, cause Jason and I talk about everything. So, I mean, he'll come back and he'll come home and he'll just right. be talking about the lineup for the night or what's happening. And someone will be talking about what it, in a playoff situation, what goalie is starting and being in media. I know how valuable that information can sometimes be, but I just can never say it. So it's kind of, it's an interesting balance, but not one that I never thought I would be in, but so far so good. <laughs> you yeah. still got a job there. So you're yeah. So far so good. I still have a husband and I still have a job. So <laughs> We're good. And we're he's good. Good, so we're good. So like when you go to the games, like let's go pretend that this is not COVID coronavirus life. Like when you go and you bring the kids to a home game, uh, what kind of fan are you? Are you the like crazy screaming, yelling, jumping up and down, so excited when he scores or like seeing, or like when one of your, uh, like one of the other wives, a husband's or girl, girlfriend's boyfriend scores, you're like, ah, or is it more just like, cool? Cause you're like, chill. <laughs> it's more buttoned up. Even if you want to cheer, I feel like the, the hockey, so I've, we have a lot of friends in the NFL 
in Minnesota. So I've seen that. And the, the wives all wear blinged out jerseys and go like head to toe dressed up and their kids are dressed up and everybody's in jerseys. And when we go, it's like, how can we not show that we are related to them in any way, shape or form? Like, <laughs> like normal clothes, you know, like what, what can we do to look incognito? Like, don't, I want, I want to sit in the stands and not, nobody know that I'm Jason's wife. But I think part of that too, is that there's 82 games and like 41 home games. So for us to wear jerseys and they have, I mean, usually eight home games. So it's a little different. Like they, so I've, I've learned that, that they really dress up and celebrate those eight games. Cause there's only those. So again, like the world's a little bit different, but we are very like, Oh, someone scored. You're like, Oh no, that wasn't him. It was your pass. Like <laughs> we are so classic, especially in Minnesota. Like we are so like, it's so hard for us to celebrate that. It is truly, and hockey culture is a bit like that. Like you would never hear one of them be like, that goal was me. And like, nobody helped me. And it was like, right. it was my talent. Like I did that. They'll never do that. Where we're a little bit the same. So we're sitting there and it's like, if he, if Jason scored, I'd be like, oh my gosh, that was a great pass by your boyfriend or husband. Like it's the only way he made that. And we're all very like <laughs> sensitive to each other in those ways. And we just never really, we're not, we don't really celebrate that, that big on any of it. Playoffs is a bit different. Playoffs gets different. If you start, you know, if you start winning and making it, you know, farther in the playoffs, then you get a little more intense and you're like, wear your cool denim jacket that you get personalized. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, so, that's my guy. Yeah, that's my man. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you bring up like trying to blend in because I'm going to bring up Vegas because a lot of the wives and girlfriends in Vegas, I mean, it is Vegas, shining lights, but Jason is from Vegas. I mean, they go all out for the games. I mean, they're head to toe, blinged out like, like nuts. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, I, I, I do feel like it might be um, the culture of the organization too. Yeah. That every single organization has its own culture from the players to the wives to the girlfriend. I mean, they're, they're, everything is a little bit different everywhere you go. Pittsburgh is a bit of a balance of what I came from, whereas the wild, it was, you, you know, you, you do not overtly celebrate, you, you know, you don't wear anything with their names. And Pittsburgh is a little bit of a balance of that where I have great friends on, um, England's are great friends of ours from Vegas and obviously Hollas were there and, um, Carlson's wife. So, I mean, we have a really, we have a great group of people we know from Vegas and they do, they embrace every game and they love to get dressed up. And I think that's cool. Like it's kind of whatever, I, I'm always a big believer, like whatever you want to do that is fun, you know, it's it, go for it. But Minnesota was definitely a more quiet culture. Just good. I mean, I think everyone yeah. needs a different kind of culture, especially when you're going, you know, in between cities, even as a fan, to be able to kind of be there and be like, oh, whose who's wife is in the audience now? I mean, I sat next to Andrzej Koptar's wife, and I had no idea, other than the fact that she had red bottom shoes. And I was like, those are expensive. You have to be a wife. <laughs> You're like, I spot a handbag, a yeah. <laughs> yeah, some red soles, and red flags. There we go. But that yep. we're also probably in L.A., so that's probably more of a – I mean, people dress up more for things, I feel like, in those areas. That is true. I mean, I always think it's a little weird when you see, like, someone wearing, like, a really, like, short dress and, like, high heels at a hockey game, and you're, like, you realize it's kind of cold, right? 
Uh, where it's like, aren't you so uncomfortable? We, yeah. It's like I, you're walking up and down the steps like you can't even walk, let alone walk and drink a beer at the same time. Yeah, drink, yeah, and like fully enjoy yourself at this game. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, we're definitely, we were definitely more casual in Minnesota, for sure. But, that, but yeah, I loved that. That if I, should, if I was there in leggings and a sweatshirt and sneakers, it was fine. And if I showed up in Louboutins, it was totally fine too. Like nobody really cared, which is great. And I know that that does shift from team to team. Well, tell us, um, tell us everything about Give 16 and uh, getting the King Clancy trophy. And you also got to present at the NHL awards and just, you know, tell everybody about the amazing work that you two do to, to really give back. I love this um, story, but tell everybody who doesn't know what you guys have, have done. Yeah. Give 16 is something that like, we, as much as we can talk about it, we will talk about it. Um, we met Tucker Hellstrom. You guys both know the story probably, but Tucker Hellstrom was a young boy. When we met him, he was eight. When he passed away, he was nine. He was um, battling osteosarcoma, which is bone cancer at a hospital in Minnesota, Masonic Children's Hospital. Jason, by chance, ended up meeting him during a team visit and came home and was telling me about him and showed me the shirt he gave him. And Jason had done these visit visits before, but never really come home and like spoken about someone individually. And so I thought, oh, that, you know, what a, that's really cute. Like, what a great story. And we, the, you know, we kind of moved on. And then um, a friend, a mutual friend had reached out to me and said that Tucker's leg had to be amputated. And so they said, what if, could you give him something signed by Jason? And I said, if you could clear it with the family, what if Jason surprised him and, and brought it to him and that ended up working out. And so we were the first people besides his family to see him after his leg was amputated and which felt like a really great honor to me. I mean, that's, is, you can't even imagine that for anyone, but for a young child who his life revolved around athletics at the time, it was devastating. And so when we walked in the door, it was one of those immediate connections. I mean, you guys, everybody has felt those before, whether it's like you meet, a, you meet someone and you're like, okay, we could be friends. Or you meet someone and you're like, okay, like that's someone I could date, whatever it is. Like you kind of feel that connection. Um, we walked in that hospital room and his family who we call the A team, cause it's this big group of and their last name's Anderson and they're incredible. We met his mom and his dad and um, his stepdad and his siblings, his sisters, he has two uh, sisters and we just hit it off really quickly. And we had a daughter who was right about the same age as his two sisters. And so she would come and play with the girls while we would visit Tucker and I would talk to his mom and the rest of the family while Jason would play video games with him. So that, that was how we developed that relationship. And whenever he was well enough, he would come to hockey games with us and go cheer, you know, go sit on the bench and go to the locker room. And, um, and again, that, that relationship just grew. And then unfortunately, um, right before 4th of July in 2016, he passed away, which his mom was always so positive that we really had no idea that, that he was that, that it was getting that bad, that it was, the situation was that dire. So Jason had signed his contract the day, that day. And for two more years at the wild, which is a big deal for us. Cause it was like a non, you know, he couldn't go up and down. So it was a one-way contract. So we were like celebrating that. It was amazing. And his mom texted us and said, and I had gone back to Minnesota and his mom texted and said, if you want to say goodbye, you should probably come now. And like, I still, it's still so hard to talk about because I remember getting that text and being like, no, like 
no, like that's no way that's happening. I was like, this is just a moment. It'll be fine. But I talked to Jason and Jason got on a red eye and came home like hours later. And we went the next day and saw him and he passed away like two days later. And, and so that was a life altering moment for both of us, but Jason's not affected by much. I was telling you guys before how stoic he is. He's not, he, he takes everything much like a pro athlete should, where it's like the good and bad are kind of equal. Like you just move forward. And that really sat with him and Tucker had really affected him. So we, and the experience at the hospital. So our next step was, and sorry, this is such a long story. I'll try to shorten it up. But so we really wanted to create something at the hospital that would speak to Tucker's legacy and what that meant. And also we asked his mom for permission to speak about him. I mean, it's her son. So for us to go and speak about him publicly, we wanted to make sure she was okay with that because it's her story to tell. And that's her son. And we wanted to make sure that we honored him in the right way and that she was okay with that. And so she said, yes, like we want his name said as much as possible. So if you guys have that platform, if people want to come to you and talk to you about him, then please, you know, speak his name as much as you can. So we really took that seriously and said, like, what can we do then? And so we created Give 16, which was given the form of 16, whatever that meant, $1.60, $16. And that became the epitome of every dollar counts because I had kids coming up to me at hockey games and giving me $16 and saying, I just earned this with allowance. I want you to have it. And I would be blown away like that. You like I would just run into like the kid. The mom would message me and be like, are you at the game? My son has $16 that he raised that he wants to give you. And I would find them and they would give it to me. And I was just blown away at how much that Tucker's story had impacted people to give back. And so we continued that. We built the Zucker broadcast um, family broadcast suite and studio at the Masonic Children's Hospital. And so kids are able to go there and express some creativity and do um, TV shows and bingo and trivia. And it's a really, really fun space. And um, they can record end of life videos too. So it's a free place to record end of life videos if there's a child who wants to record something or if parents want to record themselves reading books to their kids who can't leave the hospital, but the parents have to go back to work. I mean, there's a lot of complicated situations where they need this type of technology. Um, and so also you get, doctors give pamphlets to patients a lot and they're like, read this. Now they're creating videos in our space for people to watch. That's a little bit easier for kids to comprehend. So there's a lot of uses for the space. Um, we still raise money for give 16. It's been, we've been able to do a lot of great things with it. Um, we are also supporting black lives matter and a lot of the, um, racial injustice causes in the twin cities. Um, LGBTQ plus, uh, we support a lot of the causes here in the Twin Cities because we just we just want to do what we can to make this community a little bit better. And um, we have the platform to do that and the resources to do that. And so I think it's important for us to use that in a positive way. So yeah, sorry, long answer, but that's it. <laughs> no, it's an incredible story and it deserves the the long answer and the and the time to, you know, hear about him and there's also people can buy socks too right yeah so the newest thing we did was yeah. we a lot of the local partners we've had have just been incredible and generous and um dana actually said can we do a three-way collaboration so she created team tucker which um does a lot for like she brings um they call them like very important people 
of course, VIPs to the hospital so that they can visit people that they can't see otherwise. So a lot of people that come to Masonic, it's hard to understand. It's a little but like a lot of people that come are global or that they come from all over the country. So it's not people just in Minnesota that get treated here. They come from everywhere. So you may not see your mom, your dad, your best friend for six months or a year. So team Tucker helps people travel here and visit. So that's really cool. So she created team Tucker hippie feet, um, employs homeless youth to get them back on their feet. And then obviously what we do with give 16. So we collaborated to create these really cool socks and she, Dana was the brainchild behind it, went to hippie feet. And we just said, we'd love to be a part of it. And so people can buy socks, which great stocking stuffers (laughs) for the holidays and they're very affordable and you can just go to hippiefeet.com and you can find them. And so, yeah. So thanks for bringing that up. It's a joy. It's, I feel like we're so lucky to have the platform to do it and it's, it feels wasted to me if we don't. And so I think that it's really special to be able to do it. And again, to be able to honor Tucker and keep his memory alive is pretty incredible. Absolutely. Dang. I'm like moved by that. So that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a pretty cool kid. It's like, it's still hard to believe he's gone. Like Dana taught, you know, the way Dana talks about him and she does interviews and you feel like he's still here mm-hmm. and it's been four years and you just like, you can't, that presence that he had, you just felt like he would you know, it would never, he, he would never be that bad that he would pass yeah. away. And then when it did, it was just like, what do you do next? And so we all kind of moved forward and said, like, what can we do to honor that legacy? And so it's hard. I mean, when they're young kids like that, it's just devastating. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people realize this, but it's cool to kind of bring it up. And it's like a complete stranger can you can meet them once and then they become so important to you. And then they completely can change your life regardless of kind of what happens uh, along the way. So it's, it's always really cool to, to kind of hear those stories as well. Yeah. And Dana always says like, you know, that Tucker, like Zuck, Jason, the Zucker, she always says Zucker and Tucker. It's so cute. But she always says Jason was such a, um, like a hero to him and was such an influence to him. And Jason feels the exact same way. So it is, it was just like by chance that we had this meeting that changed all of our lives. And unfortunately it had the consequence that it did, but he also made such a huge impact on the, we hope like the world and especially in Minnesota. And that's super important too. And we don't want to forget about that. I don't know how we get to our last three questions that are like the complete opposite of this. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. (laughs) On KFAN, there's no, when we do this, there's no easy transition. We always say that like we will bring up serious topics and then you just got a hard turn sometimes. Like, Sometimes there's just no real great transition. No, I was looking. I was trying. Yeah, no, there's no transit. So we've found that you just do it. Like, All right. Yeah, unapologetically just trans like transition. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what it is. Like. All right. Well, we ask all of our guests these three questions, and okay. I think you're going to be able to answer our our third question very well i'm very excited about this um okay so the first question no no it's all fun it's all fun it's nothing um bad who is your favorite hockey hunk oh my god my favorite oh my god that's a good question my favorite hockey hunk okay besides jason or is he in there i mean it's okay okay, he's in there it has to be jason of course (laughs) no he doesn't count i would have never thought of anybody else (laughs) 
Okay, if you had to pick somebody else. Okay, if I had to pick someone else. Oh my. Oh, oh, I know. Um, Henrik. What's it? Lundquist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 He's like. I feel like we're in like the same age range. He also <laughs> looks very dapper. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah. That would be it. All right, and then who, like a Rangers tank top that I still own. It's one of those like beaten up jer- like that you'll never get rid of. That's so yeah. ripped and like you wear to bed and they're like, oh my god, so. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but my goalie guy who's hot played there. Yeah, that's what I know. So yeah, him. Okay. Yeah. Who is your favorite hockey lady? Oh, uh, Lexi, Lexi Brown. I love. Well. No, this is okay. So, like, who I'm, uh, oh, shoot. Okay. Daniel Spurgeon. Do you know Jared Spurgeon at all? Do you know that name? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Jared Spurgeon is on the wild defenseman. She, like, we are so close. I love her. She is like a sister to me. So, Danielle and I are super, super close. Um, Lexi, I admire a lot. I think that she is unapologetic again for like who she is. I think that she speaks her mind. I think it's very hard to do in this world because you get a lot of flack for support. I mean, for being very vocal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that she has walked that line beautifully of not walking it and just been completely supportive of her husband and, and just done a beautiful job of being smart and articulate and supporting all the things that we like to support. So I admire Lexi a lot. Danielle Spurgeon's like my sister. So yeah, those are my gals. We've had almost everybody comment on having a Sidney Crosby story. So um, then we're like, all right, I guess we just got to throw it in here because someone's, they're always going to bring it up anyway. So rather than it just coming at us, we're just going to start asking it. So do you have a Sidney Crosby story? Can I tell a Kathy story? So his- Absolutely. Guy, I, F. They're so private which yeah. I think is a wonderful thing because I mean, we are very much the opposite and there are days where I just envy and think it's pretty, like it's pretty awesome to be as private as they are. So I don't know if there's a lot about Kathy out there, but she, when I got to the team, she is the epitome of a captain's wife and, and they're not married yet, but she walked, she floated around the room. She didn't even walk around. She floated around the room, greeting everybody knew everybody's name, engaging everybody. I was sitting there like, what? Like you are the CEO of Friendly Hockey Wives. Like she was so kind. And I'm not just saying that. I wouldn't lie to you guys. I wouldn't even bring it up. She was wonderful. And she spoke to everybody in the room. And not every room is like that. You know, it's just... Sometimes you go in, you feel a little uneasy. She made everybody feel wonderfully welcome. Um, she babysits for girls on the team. She doesn't have to do that. Like, girl doesn't need babysitting money, but she does. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> babysits girl. Like, she will watch people's dogs. She will be the first person. Like, can I drop something off for you? I'm like, you don't, you're not Uber Eats. Like, you don't need... <laughs> This extra side gig girl, but she just generously gives her time to everybody on the team in various ways. No questions asked, just does it. And so as much as Sydney seems great, and I've had, I've had little interaction with him, just, um, especially, we weren't in Pittsburgh very long before COVID hit. Um, Jason thinks he's wonderful, but I don't, I haven't had a lot of personal interaction with him. So I don't really have a Sydney story, but she was everything you could have hoped for in like a captain's wife. 
I was like, and she was just so down to earth. I'm pretty sure she was in Sports Illustrated. Don't quote me on that, but I think she was. Oh, I think yeah. you might be right. Something like to that I'm 98 sure I'm right. But um, yeah, she's so, be- I mean, she's just the entire package. And so I was just very impressed with her. And I thought that not only is she just, you know, everything you would think beautiful and smart, but she was super kind and like genuinely kind without portraying anything on social media. I mean, she's just the most humble person and her probably future husband is Sidney Crosby. Like she could be anything and (laughs) she's dog sitting and babysitting. And (laughs) and she's very impressive. And so that's my Sydney story is really Kathy's story. And she absolutely hate that I talked about her, but she's amazing. So, well, I think amazing people deserve to be, you know, seen because we hear always so much of the like troublemakers if you will in in the world and the people who make a lot of noise and um, I think it's great to hear these really great good stories about people and just show what an amazing sport and community this is because that's what Breezy and I love so much about the hockey space is the community of people because it's really unlike a lot of communities and other professional sports and what all the stories we've heard about Sydney are all amazing stories, like of him just being this incredible, giving, kind uh, guy. And and it's all good stories. And so um, it's something we have to ask everybody now. <laughs> and we're not even, <laughs> neither of us are Penguins fans, you know? So we're like, guys, we didn't do this well, on wait, purpose. Now can we, now can we, oh, yeah. now, can we now. Be now, yes, we Here are we Penguins fans. Added to your list. Breezy's yes. adding it. Yes. Yeah. I have Minnesota and like crossing and them off. No. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. So you two are going to have um, 31 logos on the back of your jacket. What the hell is it? What am <laughs> I going to do with done. this? Yeah. By the time we're done, we might be cheering for them all. Oh. And you know what? That's fine because my second husband will hopefully play for a different. <laughs> exactly. He's the second wife. Well, yeah. <laughs> be a sports upstream model hopefully I mean the future's bright girls the future's bright it, it is. sure is <laughs> well we've taken enough of your time we appreciate oh, yeah, it great tell everybody where they can follow you where they can listen to you um where they can get the socks where they can give back tell give us all the things yeah. I'll give you the rundown so um it's carly.zucker on instagram it's carly applin on twitter and KFAN, um, I actually have my own show on KFAN too that's on Fridays called Overtime. It's all about what people are doing in the community, kind of what we talked about and um, how they're making it a better place. And we're trying to deep dive into tough conversations that we need to have. And um, so, yeah, so that's what Overtime is about. That's Friday nights. So you can just podcast any of this on the iHeartRadio app. And so that's where you can find most of our stuff. And the Power Trip Morning Show is the other show that I do. And so Overtime or Power Trip Morning Show, you can find me there. And yeah, I'm really active on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter, I usually get myself in trouble. So that's the fun one. Come visit me there. (laughs) That's a good one. Awesome. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. This is fun. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.